Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network. Happy New Year! Oh, we God made it to 2024. I don't know the rest of it. I'm just missing. oh my excited, Mr. Bean episode, um, because we are here to celebrate the New Year with. The worst episode of 24 ever until this point in time. <laughs> um, episode 12. The halfway point. I mean, it's a blessing and a curse, isn't it? This should be a massive episode. But at the same time, we are here to watch 24 Rinse, Repeat and Recycle, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> if you thought this show couldn't come up with any ideas at season six, you're absolutely right. Because they've just gone, let's take that big plot line from a couple of seasons ago and do it again. And ignore the fact that our main character was tortured for the last 18 months because of it. Because reasons. And we've pissed the Chinese off. Let's piss the Russians off. Because, mm. I mean, topical. In 2007, they, they you know, this episode holds up pretty well 16 years later. But at the end of the day, this episode is pretty rubbish. I didn't say this last week over who wrote it and when it aired, but I'll do it this week. Uh, this episode aired on March 5th, 2007, my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Lindsay. Uh, it was, sto- there's a story and a teleplay. Too many cooks in the kitchen for this one. You got Howard Gordon, the story, the teleplay by Evan Katz and David Fury, directed by Tim Safino, and production number 6AFF12. My name is Ben, and uh, also in speaking directly towards the writers this week, as far as I'm concerned, you'll never do anything to erase what you've done. And my name is Colin, and I've done enough lying myself to know the signs. I really am going to go through this episode quickly because this episode just makes me mad. Um, this is yeah. one I remember Oof. watching live and literally going, are you fucking kidding me? Like, seriously, like, <laughs> if, if you did this in season eight, you've let four seasons go by. If you did this in, in Live Another Day, in Legacy, you've let enough time go by. Literally not even two full seasons have gone past. You have literally come up with a storyline where Jack Bauer is going to invade sovereign territory an embassy to get what he wants. You literally have a character stare at him and go, uh, Jack, you already did this. Um, and then he still does it anyway. Like I, I just, I just, I just, I, I, I lost my words, Colin, how they did this so yeah. soon, so quickly and pass this off as quote entertainment, because this just makes me mad, particularly when you're going to get the whole China plotline come back in a couple of weeks time. Anyway, it's like, ah, um, I'm with you. This is not good. Um, it's, it, as I said, recycled. I don't remember well enough to know what my reaction was the first time I saw this, but I'm willing to bet this is around the time where I started questioning what was wrong with this season. Uh, cause it's not even just this, like even the Lennox stuff just makes no sense at all. Uh, and then you, you're following up something as big as we've got Logan back and you basically just have him on the sidelines. Uh, as soon as you get to your destination, you have him on the sidelines for the majority of the episode. 
and you have something as big as we just nearly assassinated the president and you get a couple people mentioning it and then it's just oh moving on yeah um and i like keeler got more <laughs> yeah after air force one got, went down and that wasn't like inside the white house um so yeah th- this episode is a complete mess I don't know if it's going to be my very bottom. I'm excited, though. There's there's two actors in here that I'm a fan of and other things. Um, very not big so much here. in this episode, yeah. Uh, and um, well, uh, that's not even the one that I'm talking about. Uh, but uh, one that I actually previously misidentified in a previous episode, not even realizing they would be coming up later on. But uh, there you go. Yeah. It, it, it's it's terrible. <laughs> we also we also get introduced to a character who will annoy the crap out of me later on in the season with a really dumb storyline involving the vice president, but we'll get to her uh, eventually. Oh, that's one of the, that's one of the actors I'm excited to talk about. Oh, look, I have nothing against the actor, but just his character and the storyline is just again rinse repeat recycled from season one, and it's just dumb. Um, yeah. But anyway, although she does lead us to a very famous Canadian actor later on in this season, if I, I believe he's well, she's Canadian. Canadian. Is she? She's oh. Canadian too. Yeah. Good for her. I could see the poutine dripping out of her blonde hair. Um, <laughs> let's do the let's do the White House stuff first of all, because like the other stuff is just annoying, and CTU stuff really is just in the background and tied with Jack anyway. So. Hey, remember last week when the president nearly got assassinated? Let's forget about that. Forget about it. Like, seriously, you're right. Like, literally, the president of the United States has just nearly been assassinated. This week, it's just like, do-do-do-do-do, let's put him on a gurney. Let's put him in the hospital. Oh, well, he's nearly going to die. Literally, like, Reed can just walk into this room and go, huh, president's getting surgery. Like, this should be, like, surrounded by Secret Service. Secret Service should be locking down everything. This should be, like... This is a secure bunker. Again, as I said last week, they literally moved them to the bunker because they thought the White House was dangerous and then he gets assassinated yeah. here. Um, there's no mention of this to anyone. The vice president is just like, oh, that's a shame. Well, I'm about to land, so you better get me those policy documents straight away. Even CTU, where they get the phone call, like, ooh, okay, that's not good. Now, one thing I did actually completely forget, and I apologize, Karen has not made it back to LA. I, for some reason, thought she did and was in, but she stays in Washington. I forgot that she actually has been sitting. Why has she been in the bunker, like the airport, for five hours and Assad got there in, like, two Lazy. Lights are, she's no longer a government employee. That's the problem. True. That's what happens when you resign. So anyway, Bill's like, hey, Karen, I know you're not a government employer anymore, but I'm just going to tell you the president was nearly assassinated. <laughs> to which they're going to let her back in? Like, is this not I'm... suspicious? She's quit. The president nearly got assassinated. I want to come back now. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> security is even I... higher now. Like, I, I didn't pick that out as being unrealistic. What I picked it out me more unrealistic is that she said, I want to go back to work for CTU and hasn't shown up for work despite everything that's happened. Uh, <laughs> this is going to go on her record. Like she's basically been slacking and I don't know, eating lunch and drinking in the 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 the, the airport lounge for the last 10 hours. Uh, it, it, to me, it honestly feels like the writers had the plan. She was going to be back at CTU. And then after a couple of weeks, like, oh, she's she's probably almost getting ready to land at CTU. Like, well, we don't really need her anymore because we've got Ricky Schroeder coming in and everything. <laughs> uh, so let's let's have her go back to the White House and just never explain what she's been doing oh, and why she never showed up at CTU. Don't remind they dropped me. their own plot line. <laughs> don't remind me next week exists. Um, yeah, so like through all of this, Bill calls up Jack. Hey, Jack, guess what? Logan, uh, Palmer nearly got killed. That's a shame. Jack tells Logan, we literally got a week ago, Logan, I'm the president, we get security briefings. I'm sorry, Logan is being told this before Jack. He is the former president of the United States. These guys get told everything. Like, they get told immediately. Like, they've got more security than, like, prime ministers of Australia and Canada as ex-presidents. Like, this is the thing. 
I would assume if there's until they have all the details, if there's any assassination attempt on a president, you're going to assume, yeah. well, the other ones might be a risk, too. This is the thing. And like, I mean, it's fascinating. I love watching these videos on YouTube about sort of presidents and kind of all the things they get afterwards. Like presidents of the United States are never allowed to drive, even after they mm. have left office. They are legally not allowed to drive. It's a safety concern. Like, Not that Logan's here bombing around in a limo, but like it's just little things like that. So Logan is being told this information before Jack. So, like, I want him to, like, turn to Logan and go, yeah, the, the president's nearly just been, uh, you know, assassination attempt. I want Logan to, like, press the button, Jenkins, where's my address? Oh, sorry, sir. I, just, <laughs> I, was, I was fumbling the owlies. Um, oh, yeah, President Palmer nearly assassinated. Um, or Jack's like, so I know, Charles, that you probably already know this, but uh, Wayne Palmer's almost like, yes, I definitely almost knew that, Jenkins. <laughs> so, again, let's also just consider here that the president of the united states has just nearly been assassinated an explosion has gone off in the bunker of the white house this has happened at like a minute to like five o'clock it is now what four minutes past five o'clock and all of a sudden the entire cabinet of the united states is sitting around a boardroom they've <laughs> were they all in the bunker like this isn't safe i've watched designated survivor keep us ready to be president <laughs> Don't have them all in the same room. <laughs> um, so you've got everybody sitting around a table on the phone to the only person who's safe in the air, Noah Daniels, in the sky. Um, so there he is. And who do we meet for the first time? Uh, and I forgot that I always thought he just came in in season seven. I didn't realize I forgot he came oh. in in season six. Bob Gunton. There he is. Yeah. The esteemed. You know, it's so, it's so funny you said that because... Uh, that was one of the, the exciting things about season seven was that it wasn't going to be a full reboot. You would have uh, select characters held over and he's one of the few that they chose to held, hold over. Yeah. But I'm exactly like you. As soon as he showed up on screen, I'm like, I completely forgot he was in the, I think it's just because he had more time with Taylor. You associate yeah. him as a Taylor guy and not a Palmer or Daniels guy. Yeah. I just, I always remember him as the season seven. Like he's, yeah, you're right. Kind of like that reboot, the redemption reboot. Like to me, mm -hmm. he's coming in with Colm Farrar and kind of people like that. But here he is, Bob Gunton, which he was in a, a couple episodes of Nip Tuck, terrible episodes of Nip Tuck, by the way, when Nick and I talked about him a few years ago with Anne Heche. Um, not that Anne Heche was bad. Rest in peace, Anne Heche. But like, it was just, it was a terrible storyline. So Bob Gunton comes into TV shows when they're not at their best. Um, so, but I like Bob Gunton. Who doesn't like Bob Gunton, right? Oh, Shawshank Redemption, Broken Arrow. Um, yeah, he's one of these guys that in the 90s, and it's funny because I went through his filmography after. I always, I always know him from Shawshank Redemption, yeah. Broken Arrow, and even uh, hot, one of the Hot Shots movies with Charlie Sheen. He was hilarious in that. But you look through his filmography, it's like every single year he's in some huge, huge movie. And yet he's he's one of these guys that nobody ever really he, recognizes other than he's that guy. He's in the second Ace Ventura, is he not? Isn't he one of like the Yeah, evil, when nature calls the yeah. poacher guy, like the yeah, the really like British guy. Yeah, yeah. So no, no Bob Gutton's great. I think we tried to get him on the show once and um I think we got <sighs> politely declined. Uh, but I was I was honored that we got a response back from his people. So uh fun, yeah. actually fun fact didn't mention it last week. I uh, was this close getting Nancy Cartwright on my radio show back about 10 years ago. I remember when I did The Brink and I had this very long back and forth with her management and it was it nearly happened. I nearly got Nancy Cartwright on The Brink and it just it never happened. So um, sadly, didn't get barred on the show. But, but whoever could ever say that Bob Gutton and uh, Nancy Cartwright are separated by one episode of TV and it's not a <laughs> Simpsons episode. Although I'm sure Bob Gutton's done a voice in The Simpsons. Surely he's got to have done The Simpsons. Uh, but anyway, he's the Secretary of Defense, I believe. So poor old Heller, he's a hell of a fella, but uh, <laughs> wrong, wrong admission. Don't you think with everything that's been going on today, we probably should have heard of this guy before now? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, maybe. 
But uh, so they're all like, hey, we've just come together pretty quickly. Doesn't that suck about the president? Anyway, lol. Uh, so Noah, I believe that uh, you've got some uh, policies that want to get put through. Yes, we hate the Muslims. All right, let's <laughs> let's put through that there. Bomb Gutton, meanwhile, to Reed is all like, hey, where's Lennox? I don't know. Well, shouldn't we be on lockdown? We should find him. And it's like, uh, yeah, you should. So then finally, Bob Gutton does the right thing. Meanwhile, um, Reed goes in to see Lennox and is all like, hey, so like, you know how we just tried to kill the president? Um, I'm going to need you to not say anything about that. Can you do it for me? And Lennox is like, yeah, I like you, Reed. It's like, okay, I believe you. Good. Then they get him out of the room. Hey, by the way, reading that about they did it, they tried to kill the president. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's not very exaggerated, really. That's basically how it happens. Um, we've got this intersector with um, Vice President Noah Powell's booth on the plane, and he's, like, calling up Bill, like, I'm like, hey, why are we giving a free ride to Logan? He might know where the Russians are. I don't like it, but let's go along with it. Okay. <laughs> Um, we meet, uh, Lisa Miller for the first time now. Now yeah. tell me about I just, the actress is actually like good. I think she does this like sort of, I guess he's chief of staff very well. What I hate about this is when we get down the line later on, when there's going to be a whole affair thing and then oh, she's yeah. going to be sleeping with someone else. It's very season one, uh, a lot mm-hmm. around that affair storyline that we didn't like back in the time. Um, so t- tell me about this woman. Who is she? Who is Lisa Miller? No, we, we've, a- we've actually talked about her before. So the actress, Carrie Matchett, she uh, she was uh, in Men With Brooms, when the first ever Canadian movie we did in Canada, Australia month. Uh, the funny thing about her is that it, it takes a while to warm up to her as an actress because she plays the same character. She's always very cold, very emotionless. Uh, and But yet there are two TV shows that made my top 50 favorite TV shows of all time that she was one of the main stars of. The first is a Canadian show that she started on back in like the 90s called Power Play, which is like behind the scenes of an NHL one team. I always want to watch. You always bring it up and I always, yeah. I always want to see it. And she's like yeah. the female lead on that show. And then the other one is Covert Affairs, which of course half of the cast of 24 would go on to afterwards. And she's also one of the main stars on Covert Affairs. L- literally every movie she's in, she plays the exact same different characters because like in men with broom she was just a wife of a curler but like always has that like very cold emotionless kind of uh, uh, unpleasant unapproachable uh type thing going on for her uh, without it being quite obvious she's from uh, saskatchewan uh, so you know that that's the reason why <laughs> they're all like that in saskatchewan uh yeah but uh but and again there's gonna be another one coming up a little bit later on but i mean her character it's 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 like what's her name from last year, except they throw in the the cheesy thing with the uh, the sleeping around with uh, Michael with, Shanks, uh, Daniels and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Michael Shanks, another Canadian. That's so what I'm saying. That's, that's who I'm soon. saying yeah. later on. Like that's who comes into oh, okay. it. Okay. And so like, oh, that... I wasn't. Really, I wasn't even sure you knew who Michael Shanks was. No, 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 cool. no, I do. So he was in that Arctic Blast movie that they filmed in Hobart. Oh, okay. So like he was like generally like, we've talked about in Australian movies. I try and get like one big Hollywood name actor. So the one like tasmanian movie they did down here and i actually remember back in the day when he was in hobart it was like oh the guy from stargates in hobart filming a movie um and so yeah he is the man that she's sleeping with later on when we've kind of got this whole recycling of season one plot line going on so um anyway yeah i know i i I was like yeah i'm pretty sure michael shanks is canadian because i know we've talked about him before Mm -hmm. but uh anyway so we meet lisa miller for the first time i will say like she's good at like playing this role like in kind of yeah, I like the way this starts, at least, I will say that. So, um, and one thing I actually I really like about this episode, and this is me, the rare time I will give props to this episode, 
I, I mentioned earlier in the season, like I love the White House stuff when we get like an exterior shot of the White House. They've looked, they've kind of like done the set of the Oval Office and it looks very much like what we see the White House looks like. We see like an Air Force One set. We see him like coming off the plane or Air Force Two, it should be here. Like, you know, like doing the salute and all this sort of stuff. Like I love like that looks really proper. Like they've blown the budget. I, 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 I'm not, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but when you were saying Air Force Two, I started thinking about well, can they come up with that? And I started thinking like Diet Air Force One, uh, <laughs> free Air Force One. It's it's the sequel to uh Air, the movie Air Force One. You said gluten, by the way. I just had to catch up. Um, so he's gonna get to the White House and show up and all that kind of stuff. Um, ow! Would you throw something at me for Jamie? Whatever that was, that hurt. You know, you know what she just threw me. You know these things, the childproof doorknob things. They're very sharp. She literally threw this in my back. <laughs> hey, so just call my name. I wasn't trying to murder you. Wow. Wow. Everybody tuning into our best of uh, for 2025 gets to hear Jamie hitting me in the back <laughs> with a childproof doorknob. I literally <laughs> went to talk about Lennox and I hear Michael Jackson on the line. Ow. I was wondering. Yes. Uh, what Here we go. You think because I'm trying a new recipe. Tonight. I'll be okay, done in 20 well, minutes. Should, we'll be done in 20 to 30 minutes. There's no way you could have texted me that. You might as well just throw <laughs> a sharp plastic object at my back. It wasn't sharp, it's round. It broke <laughs> open. You want to come stab this in your head and see if it's sharp? Come give me a your kiss. Back, see how you feel. Come give him a kiss. Give your husband a kiss. Oh. Wow. Well, she's trying out a new recipe. It better be good. This week. I, I feel like Tony now. I got hit in the back <laughs> with a doorknob. This this week on Family Drama, uh, Colin gets hit in the back. I just I just really appreciate this ow that we get interrupted. Damn, murder. Best of is really uh Usually I can like hear if somebody's coming down the stairs, so I look, but she, I don't know how long she'd been standing there. <laughs> I was like, it, I need it to, hit me in the back. I need I need to go back and watch the video footage of this. I do appreciate the fact that uh, this made the twenty twenty three best of and people are hearing this on January the first, twenty twenty four. So oh, you can tell this when we just, record these episodes. This is the tease, yeah. Yeah. Um, Lennox is being questioned and they're basically, you know, like, Hey, so why didn't you tell anyone? And he's like, well, because I didn't think about it anything at the time. And they're like, we're going to pin this on Assad. And even Lennox is like, that's bullshit. This isn't Assad's fault. It's like, well, what other excuse do you have? So like, it's like, Oh God, here we go. And basically is this where Lennox is going to basically, uh, Daniels is like, Hey, so if you go along and say this was Assad and we'll just sweep it under the rug and you can come back, no problems asked. And he's like, okay, which I mean, you know, in all fairness, um, pretty sweet deal for Lennox. So uh, if I was him, I'm going to take it too. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, no disrespect to Assad. He was clearly good for at least 10 hours of his life. He was previously evil. So this is the easiest way because, yeah. again, similar to the Logan thing. Is the United States yeah. really going to go like, hey, so people within our own government try to assassinate the president? No, they're oh. not going to do that. They're going to pin it on the terrorists who just happened to be in the bunker at the time the bomb went off. But, but I... I'm just thinking, and I hadn't really thought about this till now. We're talking about the audience last week and Logan. The audience almost feels like, oh, it's not right that he is just under house arrest and everything. And even other characters saying that. I was like, you have a man who has committed terrorism for decades. Mm. I'm not going to feel that bad if they want to make this his fault. You know, I mean, yeah. should the real people be held responsible? That That's even one of the things that Lennox says here. It's like, okay, but like Reed and Carter or whatever, they can't get away with this. 
Um, and he said, well, don't worry. I, I, I love Powers Booth in this episode. Oh. Can we just say the one good thing about this episode, Powers Booth performance? Well, I, I think, I mean, Powers Booth is, to me, maybe the star of season six. Like, this is why I love me some Powers Booth and rest in peace, Powers Booth. Like, I, I'm sad that, like, we kind of only get him as president for, like, not even ten episodes, really, like, six, seven, eight. I mean, he's technically not president here right now. He's technically still mm-hmm. vice president. He hasn't been sworn in. Um and then, like, we get him a bit in Redemption, but Redemption is inauguration day for Taylor. So it's kind of just like it's passed over. So, yeah, I, I, w- I wish we had a whole season of, of um, Powers Booth as president. He's great. Because you never, this is yeah. the thing Powers Booth would be a good Logan because you kind of always come in with the notion that Powers Booth is evil. Like, he's just, mm-hmm. he always plays the same guy. I mean, that's just kind of Powers Booth. Powers Booth, good Philip Power. There's yeah. your casting. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of like and, a Donald Sutherland, is- isn't he? But this is where that frustration of they wanted everything to be a surprise this season, even in casting Powers Booth, because spoiler, uh, well, it doesn't spoil the entire storyline, but like spoiler, he's not quite as bad as they're making him out to be here, yeah. you know? Uh, and and even with the, the casting of James Cromwell, we're saying is like they didn't want to go too obvious as in this guy's definitely evil. They're doing the opposite here where they want you to think he's evil. Sometimes just cast the actor who's going to be right for it. Don't worry about it. And I mean, Powers Booth is great as Daniels, but... Imagine what he could have done as Philip Bauer. Rest in peace, Powers Booth. That, that, I feel like that was a death that just never got talked about. Like, I, I think he's been dead for quite a few years now. But I remember, like, I think it just it happened to pop up one time. I'm like, oh, Powers Booth died. And, like, he's just, you know, like, I like Powers And no, no disrespect to Annie Wershing, but, like, that, that made a lot of news. And she hadn't really been that active in acting. And Powers Booth is a big star, even outside of 24. Even Gregory Eatson, I feel. And again, no disrespect to Gregory yeah. Eatson dying, but like it was just more like, I mean, Powers Booth, what a man. Rest in peace, Powers Booth. Let's have Powers Booth month. I mean, the, the guy's name <laughs> is Powers say, let's get on the show. <laughs> Booth. Like, I mean, seriously, if that doesn't make you stand up, like I'm going to name my son Powers. Like, I mean, it's not power. It's not like pow. It's Powers. And then yeah. Booth. Like, come on. That makes you stand Whoa. up and watch a movie. With power, who's powers booth? I'm watching this guy. It doesn't matter who the politician is. If there is a man running for president and his name is Powers Booth, he's getting that vote. Like <laughs> who are you voting for? I, I, all those uneducated people, they're just looking. There's a guy named, I want President Powers. That's what I want. I'm assuming that wasn't his real name. I mean, Powers, it was. Powers no. Alan Booth. It wasn't even a screen name. His parents, <laughs> called, his parents called him Powers. Like, seriously. I mean, well, we got poor Bob Gunton here. It's like, couldn't I have been Bob Powers? Like, Bob Gunton. That's just like Jack Smith. <laughs> like, I mean, like... Jack Smiggins. Jack Smiggins. I mean, he died in 2017, was only 68 years old. Uh, he was married to his wife since 1969, and, and they, they were together until he died. That's, uh... Aw. Oh, he had pancreatic cancer. Oh, That's very sad. But anyway, pow- what, a, what a name. Powers <laughs> Booth. Uh, if we ranked the greatest names in history... Up there, seriously. That yeah. is that is an incredible name. Um, so that's the White House. Anything more that I've missed there? Um, I mean the the Lennox stuff. I like it because uh, there's they're still keeping like the 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 drama alive of who's on what side. Like uh, we 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 obviously know Wayne's not going to be a bad guy, but like they've had this question of whose uh, side is Lennox on? And now they've almost switched it around where you're wondering the same thing about uh, Daniels, where it's like, well, whose side is he on? Because the scene that he has with Lennox is incredible. I mean, that's not just because, you know, we're, we're fanboys here of Peter McNichol and Powers Booth. I mean, it's amazing. Even the way that Powers Booth is almost dismissive, dismissive while, while actually feeding into what we want. So, oh, but Reed can't get away with it. Ugh. 
Reed will get it. What's coming to him? Don't worry. <laughs> I, I love these two guys together. Um, but uh, it, it still is leaving enough mystery without it being too obvious. You're like somebody here. It doesn't seem right. And then you're still wondering, well, if Lennox is going along with this, does that make him a bad guy still? It definitely doesn't. Because what else is he going to do? Is he going to spend his life in jail? They're trying to pin this thing on him. Um, I, I do question. And again, this is where I'm a bit of a hypocrite because like sometimes I can't separate what I know about uh, what's coming later on. I don't quite understand why Daniels is so quick to buy into. No, it was definitely Assad. Because this isn't just, we need to make Assad the scapegoat. He is basically saying, listen, it's all the Muslims and it was all Assad. Oh, they're saying it was Reed, but maybe Reed was working with Assad. Like there doesn't seem to be any logic to his argument. And that's the one hole here with his storyline. Um, and and also, yeah, I, just I, to jump in there too, the thing that also makes this more frustrating as well is that you don't see Reed again. This is it. Bye-bye, diet, Rob Lowe. Yeah. That's the end of his storyline. Thank you. And this is where uh, I, I can't remember. Uh, I think we, we usually have it where the same, at least the same directors work on one episode to the next. But uh, so Manny Kodo wrote last week. This week is Howard Gordon. So yeah, three writers this week. That's right. Um, they did not read the script for last week because I mentioned this last week. Reed is saying, oh, it's just hit me what we're about to do. We're about to kill a president. The other guy's like, well, it needs to be done. Uh, and now all of a sudden we start this episode and Reed's like, I think we're going to have to kill Lennox. Hey, we're not murderers here. You literally were the guy saying last week, we got to kill the president. Why? Where did these guys switch places? Like it, it's been five minutes. I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't know either. I I have no clue, but it's just, I mean, it's, I just don't understand these episodes of TV shows. And maybe this is where we need to get the knowledge into why you have a teleplay and then story by, like, I, I guess it's, one person comes up with a story, but they don't have time to write it. So then they it's, get other people write it. Is that kind of how it generally works or? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, a lot of it has to do with like the writers, you know, the, the union rules and everything. Uh, I mentioned, I don't know if it was on 24 or something, but I've been listening to this podcast 50 miles oh, per hour, which is like, thanks. <laughs> If we if we bothered to do fifty straight episodes on speed, then maybe I'd listen to us too. We only did one, sadly. Uh, but uh, there's a whole episode just on the 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 just the rewrite process of speed, and it's like the longest, like an hour and a half long. And they go through all the different rewrites and everything, and how Joss Whedon wrote what almost everybody says is the majority of the dialogue, but it wasn't even like the original screenwriter said, "I'm not willing to give up the credit." It's like, well, in order to have a screenwriter's credit and and or any type of credit at all. You have to have made significant changes. So I think it comes down to, it's like uh, you have one script, the teleplay is like, I've written the first script, but then they've taken over and they've rewritten it so that you end up just with the story credits. It, it all has to do with the percent. Because I know that even percentages work into it. You have to have like 30% of the original material in a script to even get a credit. If it's like 28%, whatever their metric is to work it out, then you basically get no credit. You get paid with no credit. I've just uh, received word from our lawyers uh, in 2024. We are not allowed to mention Joss Whedon. So I just... <laughs> Which is funny on the Speed podcast. Like, Now we're not going to get into all the, the dirty things about Joss Whedon. Let's just get into the time thirty years ago when he wrote this movie. Uh, actually, I jumped ahead to the trivia here because this is actually a solid point, which really should have brought up because uh, we're talking about Democrats and and Republicans and everything. So Bob Gunton playing the um the Secretary of Defense to a Democratic president, he will be the Chief of Staff to a Republican president <laughs> next season. Uh, although they say this is not unheard of. For an example, the current Secretary of Defense is Chuck Hagel, a Republican, working for Obama's Democratic administration. So this goes to show how relevant 24 Wiki is talking about the Obama's... De I mean, how well, old is this article? <laughs> Colin Powell uh, stretched across both Clinton and Bush, didn't he? Did he? 
Cool. Yeah. Good for him. I'm, I, I, I think he did. So, yeah. I, I don't think it's that unheard of. But, yeah, it is kind of weird, though, when you have a, a position like that, like very different political positions <laughs> from the parties on what that person should be doing with their job. Well, I've actually got a friend. She uh, did a bit with us back in the radio the day. She ran for political office and she got in uh, from one party, like the Australian Labor Party, and kind of got out and got back in but then fell out with the Labor Party, remained the rest of her term as an independent, and then basically by the end of that, if she wanted to get back in again, she's like, mm, I need to be with the party. So she joined the opposition, the Liberal Party. <laughs> so she's basically now still in Parliament. So she basically was with Labor and as an independent, now as a Liberal. So um, Just make your rounds. <laughs> she's, she's doing, she's ticking off all the boxes. All right, let's get to it because I feel when I said 20 minutes, let, let, oh. let, what, oh, have I missed something? or? Oh. No. no, it's just that what we're about to get to is not fun. <laughs> so basically this all borders down to Jack is going in with Logan to the Russian embassy. We meet this Russian consulate guy who's constantly got a sad look on his face and he's grumpy. He's got this look on his face. And basically Logan's all like, hey, so I know this guy, but I'm going to talk to him by himself. And Jack's like, not going to happen. It's like, Logan's like, yes, it is. And he's like, okay. So Logan walks into the room. He's like, hey, buddy, how you doing? He's like, pretty good. You know shit about Grudenko. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Okay, I'll make a phone call. Okay. He walks the room. Hey, Jack. He said he doesn't know anything, but he's lying. Okay. What are we going to do about it? Wait for a phone call. Okay. Pull over. Jack, what are you doing? I'm going to invade the embassy. Jack, you did that a couple of years ago. And now the Chinese are after you. You got captured for 18 months. Where'd you go, Jack? And he's already left. Um... It's literally the writers of this episode are questioning their own judgment to allow for some moment. It's it's literally a, a, a retcon or like a you know a plot device there to go like, hey, audience, the, the audience are going to be screaming at us, so we're going to put it in there. But Jack's the guy who needs to get this done. This is a guy. This goes back into my whole notion of Jack questioning, can he do this anymore, and everything like you've just thrown all that out the window when Jack's just going balls to the wall, Jack Bauer again. This guy, like, this is where I want it to be the opposite. I want somebody saying to Jack, the only way we're getting this information is you to invade this embassy. And I want Jack to be like, no, I was just tortured for 18 months. I'm not doing this again. Send someone else. Send Ricky Schroeder. Like, this is where if you're going to do this stupid plot device, make it different. Because Jack, in no right frame of mind, who even two weeks ago was questioning whether he could do this anymore, he's just going to do this. It's so Mm -hmm. dumb. Jack in inv- a suit this time. In a suit. Oh, okay. Jack invades the embassy, locks himself in a room with this ambassador, starts chopping his fingers off. Like, they literally go on like, oh, we're going to make Jack Bauer do Jack Bauer things to make people think this is cool. Even we're not buying these three writers <laughs> of this episode. Uh, and so which the embassy guys are all like, hey, we're launching drones. And Jack's like, oh, my God, drones. It's 2007, I guess. Drones were a hot thing back then. Um, yeah. Which actually, I will say, I kind of forgot that like they had drones in this season. I always thought the uh, John Boyega season in season nine was mm-hmm. the drone season. But no, it's this season has got drones in it for the first time. Um, but then Jack's getting caught. So then all the Russians are outside. Pew, pew, pew. We're going to invade you. Um, they basically get him and oh, don't tell him anything. Capture this man. One good Russian guy is all like, hey, I'm going to be good. But he gets like plot twist at the end. He gets shot. For fuck's sake. And then, like, freaking even Noah Daniels gets a phone call. Hey, so that rogue agent is like, like you're just starting a war with Russia. Uh, you get Yuri Surov back again. Uh, we like him. Old Aussie actor there. Um, can't remember his name, but he's there. 
And um, it's just dumb. I hate this. I hate this. I hate it with a passion. Yeah. It's so stupid. Like, it's just a parody of itself. Seriously, 24. Like, you have just, you are literally doing something that is just so obvious. Like, you kind of diminish what you did in season four with this whole China plot line by doing this straight away in just this. And you've, you've spent a lot of money on a nice house to be the Russian embassy. You've got some <laughs> nice bang bangs. You've got a bit of action. Oh, you've tried to gloss over it to make this look really good. Oh, a couple of Russian flags in the foyer. Good job. It doesn't, like, you can't polish a turd this much. This is just, this is rubbish, and it makes me mad. Uh, so, so actually, I want to mention another Australian here, because uh, I, I I guess you weren't as familiar with it. And this is the guy that I said a couple episodes ago I thought was in the show, not even realizing that he did play a role in the season. So John Noble, who plays Markov here, uh, he's actually an Australian actor. Um, he... I guess his big break was in the the Lord of the Rings, the third Lord of the Rings movie. He had like a huge role in that where he played like Sean Bean's dad. Um, and one of, I guess, the, the the more tragic characters. They kind of butchered his character in that. But uh, in, in between, uh, he's what? <laughs> he was in Home and Away. Sorry. <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> I'm sure he was in one of those. But it was right after this that he got the TV show Fringe where he played Joshua Jackson's dad. Like a really great J.J. Abrams sci-fi show. Uh, where he was, I mean, I, I don't know if he did he get nominated for an Emmy for Fringe. No, I got nominated for a ton of awards for Fringe, not an Emmy though. But uh, he, he basically, you know, became a huge star a year after this with Fringe. Um, but uh, I didn't even remember that he was in this. I don't even think I recognized him, even though I was a Lord of the Rings fan. I didn't recognize him in 2007 when this aired. And I just found it funny that a couple of weeks ago, there was a guy I'm like, that looks just like John Noble. And then I looked up like, no, but it's not John Noble, but it's like a dead ringer. And all of a sudden John Noble shows up in a different role. Um, this, this entire character here, Markov, this is just, I mentioned this last week, like Logan's storyline here is just, we're stalling people. Uh, there, there is no reason for any of this to happen, especially since they have not investigated any leads involving Jack's dad. Yeah. Cause probably at this point, they weren't sure if they were getting James Cromwell back. They may have figured, oh, well, we'll reserve him for a future season, but we don't have him locked in. Like we, we talked many times about, uh, the, the stuff with Henderson last year where Peter Weller wasn't supposed to be in it. Uh, maybe it was the same thing. Like, I don't think that you're going to sign uh, James Cromwell for eight episodes and then just simply say, go home for the next three Brushy's months. He's here, Colin. <laughs> he's got, he's going to come back and he's finally combed his hair. Uh, but yeah, this is just, it's, it's such a stall. And the way that it's scripted too is so bad. And there, there's some other good stuff in this episode, but like three people to write this where he, he's basically like, I haven't spoken to Markov since he came, came back to America. I never said he came back to America. <laughs> <laughs> and then chopping on the finger. Like it's just, it's, it's desperate. It, it doesn't make sense for Jack to be doing any of this. You, we literally had, I made fun of this last week too. We literally have a character who says to Jack, hold on a second. I'm having deja vu here. <laughs> you breaking into a consulate, you, Shooting. Why does CTU warn him of this? Like it's only Logan. Like even CTU should be like, even with Chloe. Chloe should be the one. Like um, Jack. Hi, Chloe here. Just want to let you know. (laughs) Bad idea. You were in China for the last eighteen months, being brutally tortured and nearly died because you invaded an embassy. Russia. Yeah, kind of like China. Not good. And Jack gets back in here. Which, by the way, gotta love that they bothered to bring Logan back for this episode. He told Jack exactly what he was gonna do. And then he basically goes in there to Markov. It's like, hey, can you tell me anything about where Gradenko is? No, okay, I tried, bye. And then he leaves and he's gone for the rest of the episode. Uh, but Jack calling up Chloe saying, can you shut the cameras off so I can commit the same crime that I just spent 18 months in prison for? And she's like, oh, I really shouldn't do this, but okay. Are there no consequences for Chloe in the rest of the season? Yeah. <laughs> she basically helped start a war. And, and next week, oh, 
I can't wait till we get to next week where Ricky Schroeder actually uh, his <laughs> <name>. helps, <laughs> he, he helps bring about one of the most logical conversations anybody ever has. It's not on his part. It's on somebody else. Uh, but this gets addressed next week where, where you almost have the characters now questioning the episode that preceded this. Jack, why would you do this? This is exactly what happened before. And then next week is going to be, yeah, so I think we just made this a whole lot worse. Um <laughs> And then it gets so much worse when it's at the end and Jack's pleading with that guard or whatever, uh, saying, oh, I just need you to call CTU and this guy, okay, I'll do it. And then he goes out. First of all, this guy just looks like an idiot. He's like, oh, no, okay, if you say so. Like, you're going to go along with this and lose your job and and get deported or whatever. You're, you're not going to get deported. You're going to get sent back to Russia and killed. Uh, and then you have the moment where he gets knocked out as soon as he makes the phone call to Bill. Excuse, sir, sir, hello, hello. And then they pan up to a guy that the audience has never seen before, does not look intimidating in the least, who in the last second before you go, dit, dit, gives this really sadistic smirk. Like, <laughs> this is hands down the worst sequence in 24 history. I, I, I'm not, I don't think I'll go as far as to say it's the worst episode ever, but this entire sequence of him in the embassy, doing the same thing all over again, even the things you do different is just completely absurd. Worst sequence in the show's history. It's just, I, and I, I, I hate being so critical and angry on a show that I love. But again, listen to my third watch coverage if you think I could get angry over certain, because trust me, there were some episodes where I get this mad, but it's just like, it's just, you you just get mad over things you love when it's not the level that it is. I, I think I used the, the classic phrase back when I was getting angry in third watch about it's like if somebody took a poo on your mum. Like you absolutely love your mother. You're muted, Boomer. I want to hear you laugh. Um, like you absolutely love your mother. I'm and if some- and if somebody came and pooed on her, you'd be so angry. You'd be like, don't poo on my mum. That's my mum. <laughs> like, I love her. That's disgusting and wrong. Like, why would you do that? So like this is when I see a show like 24, and I'm like, well, why did you write that? What did you do? <laughs> like, why? Like, if I'm watching Grey's Anatomy. I just expect this to be the same crap you get every week. Like, yeah, fair enough. Like, you know, it's crazy anatomy. What else do I expect? You listen to the Oz Network. What do you expect? You're listening to this crap. Like, fair enough. You get it every week. If you're listening to an esteemed podcast, like Rob has a podcast, I don't know. I'm sure that's good still. I haven't listened to it in like 10 years. Um, Like, I mean, you, if you get a bad episode, if you get Oz Network level of crap on Rob has a podcast, you're like, well, this is shit. If I wanted shit, I'd listen to the Oz Network. So, like, <laughs> it's it's just it's just frustrating. And, like, I don't yeah. even think this is one of these ones where there's a plot line here. Like, it's not like, oh, well, they could have done this, they could have done that. This is just lazy. And you're right. Like, why are they not questioning Jack's dad? And this is the frustrating thing. And I feel this is just what keeps happening with season six. There are two episodes to come, which I will be very big fans of. And then there's one episode at the end, which I like. But the rest is just, this is just what we get for this season. And this is why I can't really separate the crap from the other crap. And it just, and as I say, this is... I mean, we'll get to it now. Bin, worst episode of all time, as I'm saying. It's 132 right now. But I'm saying this right now. This still won't be the worst episode of the season. I've still got one, two, three, four, five more episodes of this season, which I'm saying next week to me is worse than this week. The following week after that is worse than that week. (laughs) Then we have to go to see episodes 21, 22, 23. So there's a bit of a reprieve there. But um, this will come in overall at 200 out of 216, so we're in the bottom of the 200s. But, um, I mean, everything below this moving forward will either be Season 6, there's a string of Season 7 episodes, which will be worse than this for me, and pretty much all of Legacy. So at least while this is bad, there are still 16 more episodes to come that will be worse than this. I'm done with this episode. I didn't want to read the trivia. I don't think there was anything good to read. Um, 
I I'm, I'm bidding it. Uh, it was really a toss up between is this the worst episode ever of 24, or the second worst episode of 24. Uh, my worst ever of 24 was uh, what like two three weeks ago the, the 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 Bauer family drama and Marilyn having to take Jack to the wrong location and all that. Um, I I I feel like that episode had more things to like in it, but the bad is just you know even more unforgivable. This one maybe because I've seen it before, I'm not judging it as harshly. Uh, but I mean, either way, this is going to be my second worst episode of all time. So it's going to be 131 out of 132. All right. So next week, I just want to, um, again, read something that I read last week, just as a refresher for everybody about what's going to happen next week. Uh, the one where Martha Logan stabs Charles Logan and Aaron Pierce buys Martha fruit. Uh, so that's what's going to happen. And I also added on here, we also get the first introduction to Mike Doyle, who is maybe the worst character in 24 history. Sorry, Ricky Schroeder, but this guy sucks, as does this episode. So next week, Uh, even worse than this week. I I already said last week that I'd watch several episodes ahead. So I've I've seen next week and I finally, um, I'm not understanding your hatred for Ricky Schroeder to be the worst character, but at the same time I am. I don't remember hating him in this. I, I think that he does okay with what he has, but there are some things with this character that make less sense than uh, anything that happened in this episode. Like, if you want to talk about a character where the motivation doesn't make sense, where the logic doesn't make sense, Ricky Schroeder's character is probably the embodiment to that. So I, 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 I will sort of understand the worst character as far as how it's written, not necessarily how it's performed. There's definitely worse performances. I, I, I just, I just have these memories of of Ricky Schroeder, like with. Um with Mike Doyle hanging out with Josh for a good portion of the end of the season <laughs> and Mike Doyle getting blind. I don't know why it's funny that Ricky Schroeder goes blind in this season because ah, I'm blind. Um, but also, I mean, we should be excited next week because Martha and Aaron come back, but honestly, not that great. And it'll be our last yeah. ever Martha episode next week. That's our last ever yeah. time we get Gene Smart. So, um, and I, uh, I, I've said it for a couple of weeks now. I'm, I'm not hating on Logan's place in this season, uh, but even when I watched this the first time around, I remember being excited. I, it definitely sticks in your mind. Everything that's going to happen with Martha and Charles, it's very memorable. But I remember even the time being like, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't think that's the direction I wanted this to go in. And I want you next week, uh, if you're listening to this show, to tell me what fruit would you like Aaron to buy you? Um, just that 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 question of the week. That's what we're introducing. In 20- Anybody listening? We need an answer. We are introducing in twenty twenty four in our new segment, the question of the week. Da, 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 da. And also, we should mention it's twenty twenty four, and we're covering twenty four. So, oh, it's our year. It's the year of twenty four in the year twenty twenty four, and we're starting <laughs> off with maybe the worst episode of all time, at least a two hundredth uh, episode on Ben Waterworth's list, which is what counts for the most things uh obviously this month we don't really have a movie month this is sort of just more of a hey chill it's january month so uh february we're going to be uh, kicking things off with the bang with our anniversary month we've got scott pilgrim's animated rocky decides to do episodes coming up which is great (laughs) um also over on off the podium we've got youth olympics coming up which is exciting um and other things that are happening in the world of us so patreon and all that jazz and and all that jazz. What are we doing in Chicago? Uh, it's coming to Sydney, by the way. Maybe I'll go see it. Uh, so tune in. I'm I'm going to be in New York in a few weeks. So I'm going to be seeing Back to the Future, the musical. So maybe on a Patreon episode, we can... I love that you lead with that, not Madonna. Well, you did, I'm, you did good. I'm seeing Madonna <laughs> twice. Uh, so, <laughs> Well, now you've lost me. Where does that fit into our uh, monthly episodes, Colin? I'm, I'm glad <laughs> to send the reviews of that. Maybe I'll get one of my friends to just, hey, we should do a Madonna. Okay, Rocky. 
Rocky would do a Madonna one with me. I'm sure he likes Madonna. Um, I don't know, does he? He lives in New York, so maybe he'll come with me. But do all the things and all that sort of stuff and throw things at Colin. Just, just throw him. See him on the street. There's Colin. Throw shit. Ow! <laughs> Michael Jackson side. Um, that's it. My name is Ben and I literally have no quote, so... Ooh, perfect, because uh, my name is Colin, and who just pooped on my mom? <laughs> Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes, yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)